0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Did you finish Did you that? Chug that? <laughs> we're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time?
2: Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show, Field of 68 till I
1: die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time?
2: Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show,
1: Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 after Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night.
3: And with that, welcome on into the field of 68 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers, coming to you on Sirius XM Channel 84. Megan McEwen, Terrence Oglesby, John Henson joining you tonight. And gentlemen, yet another wild Tuesday night of college hoops. We're going to start it in the Big 12 arguably the best conference right now in the country in a top 10 matchup. Seventh ranked Kansas state taking on eighth ranked Kansas. These two teams played two weeks ago. Kansas state came out on top by one in overtime. This time around a different story. Kansas comes away with a 90 78 win. Tio, let's start with you. What was the biggest difference in this game?
2: Well, Kansas is three-point shooting in the first half where they hit nine. And whenever they're moving the ball and everything's popping and they're knocking down shots and different guys, DeWan Harris, I've been seeing his praises all year. I think he's one of the most underrated pure point guards in the country. I feel like I've said that. I'm on repeat. That's okay. He's that good. I like him a lot. But you can't get down 10 points at Fog Allen. No. Just not. You're not going to win because that is the most difficult place in the country to play. I said it. That's the one. Everybody can argue with me. The amp, the dunk, doesn't matter. Cameron Indoor, nope. Carolina, nope. Kansas. That is the toughest place to play in all of college basketball. I know TCU won here recently, but you cannot get down 10 to 15 points against Kansas at their place. It's insanely difficult. And when Dewan Harris is hitting shots, I don't know how you guard KU.
4: I agree. They um, had McCuller and Dewan Harris. They play. If, if those guys can score in double digits – Kansas is going to be hard to beat. Grady Dick played well, didn't have a great game shooting wise, but you know, if they can get help from other guys, as we said, Kansas is a really good team. And tonight they handled a kind of upstart Kansas state team pretty easily. I mean, at Kansas state, I I don't know why I I thought Kansas state may have a chance, but when I really look back at it at Kansas state down the stretch, it was a one possession game self calls that timeout for them to go up forty, hits to three. So, um, Kansas is ready for him. And uh Bill Self's gonna figure it out. He's not, he's not gonna keep losing very long. And tonight was kind of an example of that.
3: Yeah, you can't not bet. You can't bet against Bill Self, that is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I thought Kansas from the tip just came out and just kept their foot on the gas pedal. Put it up 49 points in the first half. Jalen Wilson had 16 in the first half. Uh defensively, the rotations were crisp. They were challenged at the rim. Uh, overall, getting it done on both sides of the ball. tio how important is it? Has Kansas learned from losing three of its last four that they have to get off to a good start in order to be successful?
2: Yeah, I, that's obviously what you want every game, right? But I, I, I want to say too, I, I look at their schedule that that loss at Kansas State at Man Happy, as Jerome Tang likes to call it. Like I, I think that lost them too. That lost them two games because it was such an emotional expenditure game. They lose close. They think they're supposed to win. Ismail Masoud's out of bounds when he throws it in. There's a Mm -hmm. lot going on. And then you play a TCU team at home who is speed on speed. So if you're doubting yourself at all, you better turn it around in a hurry. And then just because it's the Big 12, you have to play Baylor two days later. So (sighs) you look at those three games in a row, it's brutal. And I think they're not bad losses. Not, but not a single bad loss. That's the crazy part. And I think I I was with you in uh, Psycho T last week. And I was like, hey, if you're going to buy low, if you're going to buy low, right now is the time to buy Kansas because they need this week off and they're going to show up at Kentucky refreshed. They're going to have a day off. Bill Self might even let them take a nap. Who knows? And they're going to (laughs) show up at Kentucky and they're going to, they're going to, play really well really refreshed and now back at fog allen obviously you know it's a snowball effect and when do you not want to play well or if you're gonna you know it's ebbs and flows in the the college basketball season the best time to kind of re-gear things is at the end of january so you can start coasting towards conference tournament time
4: i I mean i agree i mean till you played right you dropped three games in a row you're sitting up a little more in that chair you're listening Mm -hmm. a little harder to coach you're playing you know you're practicing a little harder so I think that's what happened to Kansas. This might go down maybe as a defining stretch for them to kind of teach them a lesson. Hey, look, you can be beat on any day. The Big 12 is on any given night. And uh, ever since kind of one of that losing streak, they've been playing with a different little edge, kind of like they got a little chip on their shoulder. So I like this Kansas team that uh, we're seeing right now.
3: I want to take a second and flip it over to the Kansas State side, who had 13 turnovers. Kansas was able to capitalize off it with 21 points off the turnovers. What did this game say to you about Kansas State, John?
4: It, it, they're, they're here. I mean, going into Fog Island they just played them a couple weeks ago, tough loss, um, playing the Big 12. top Towards the top of the Big 12, they're here to stay. They're, they're going to be competitive. And um, it's going to be fun down the stretch to see if they can sustain and handle that prosperity of them being a team with a target on their back because, um, I mean, in the Big 12, I mean, the Texas Tech game was crazy. I turned it off, you know, and, and I kind of look back on and they're storming the court. So it could be any given night, but I think this Kansas State team has shown it up and say, hey, look, we're going to be seeing them towards the end. I think the Big 12 Conference Championship is going to be a lot of fun.
2: You look, at, you look at a couple things, too. I mean, they tied in the second half. Both teams scored 41 in the second half, so mm-hmm. not a whole lot of defense for either party. I, I, I think that's a big thing. Rebounding-wise, they only down two at Kansas's place, and you're always going to get a foul here or there that make you scratch your head a little bit when you play at Fog Allen. They were still able to compete, at least regroup and compete for the full 40 minutes after being down 12 at halftime. It, it's a team with definite talent. Keontae, Keontae Johnson has been as good as advertised, and quite frankly, guys, he's been better. Uh, Marcus Noel had an off shooting night, five of 18. How yeah, often is know. he going to do that? I, I don't foresee that happening all that often. He didn't play well in the first game against Kansas, largely due to Dewan Harris being the best defensive point guard in college basketball. But it's, it's one of those things. I don't think that those struggles are going to continue a lot because of how hard they play. They continue to compete the entire 40 minutes. And that second half told me something. Right. Like they can still score with Kansas, who can really score. So mm-hmm. it's going to continue. Don't be surprised you see these guys in the Big 12 finals. Right.
3: It's crazy because you could say that about so many different teams. I know. In the Big 12 this season. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into it a little more here, but just to give you some perspective, as you mentioned or alluded to earlier, T.O., next two games for Kansas, they're at Iowa State then home against Texas. So nothing is ever easy by any means. Uh, let's switch gears here and moving on to our next big 12 matchup. TCU is going to pull away here against West Virginia. Uh, at TCU, an- another team that at times ha- has caught fire. These two teams met two weeks ago. TCU lost to West Virginia. They had 19 turnovers in that game. What was the biggest difference though in this game, which by the way, the Horn Frogs without leading scorer, Mike Miles.
4: Um, I've, I- I just think TCU kind of came together. They kind of, you know, West Virginia. As I've watched them lately, if you can withstand that little, you know, push they get on get on you early, you can kind of kind of play well against them. And, and TCU did that. West Virginia came at them a little hard earlier. Uh, they're missing their best player, um, which I thought would be, you know, more of an effect on them than it was. But they're coming together. They were shooting the ball well, playing together, playing with speed. They fun. They're, they're one of the more fun teams. I like watching them. They're fun to play with the passing and moving the ball, and, and I, they got good size down there. So um, they were just locked in tonight. And TC is another one of those Big 12 teams. Like, you know, we kind of got down on them, but, you know, I think they're going to kind of bounce back. And this was a good win for them. West Virginia's a really good team. I was listening on the TV. They're saying that West Virginia is still in the field, and they're going to be 2-7 and seven or something, which is wild. But – That's kind of the big 12. That's kind of what we're dealing with in the big 12 this
2: year. I I don't understand why anybody's in the field or anybody's out of the field. I'm entirely too dumb to figure this out. And I'm trying to find out what the net is, what the net even stands for. I think it's not an evaluation tool is what it should be. It's, It's horrible. It's been predicting. It's a predictive measure. It mirrors mm-hmm. Kim Palm. It's very close to Kim Palm as far as all the rankings are concerned. And I hate it. Why? <laughs> because a lot of teams will win games. I eat my Tigers, but I'll go, I'll, I'll digress. It's one of these things like I wonder what's going to put teams in and what's not going to put teams in. You're two and seven in league after this game and you're still projected in the field. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? so that that makes it confusing but to go back to your question because I tend to get off on tangents Megan and I apologize <laughs> but you alluded to it I think the turnovers TCU last season struggled with turnovers this year they have been uh very obviously better in that department and today was no different now if West Virginia is going to compete and they will compete because Bob Huggins is going to have those guys playing really hard he likes this team They've, they compete at a high level but they need uh, Eric Stevenson to to shoot the ball well, he's got to be a floor spacer for them. They have to have another guy on the perimeter that can score. When he's not scoring, it's going to be really tough. He was six to 17 today. I love the aggressiveness. I'm kind of mad he didn't get the 20 shots, but <laughs> you, have, you got to hit a little bit, but you got to hit a few more of them. But really, it comes down to what you said, Megan 20 assists to only seven turnovers. That's where TCU, uh, if they're that efficient and that economical with the basketball, they're hard to guard because they play so fast and it is speed on speed from the jump. But yep. the turnovers is what can get them in the end.
3: You know, it's interesting, too. I mentioned this at the beginning, not having Mike Miles, who's the 2nd leading scorer in the Big 12 at 18 a game. Did that impress you even more with TC, the fact that they were still able to come out and perform the way they did, take care of the ball the way they did, John?
4: Yeah, it, it was very impressive because I was kind of down on them. I was like, no, it's going to be tough for them. But they held it together, and I think that's also maybe an a, in, indictment on in West Virginia. Oh, they're missing the best player. Kind of relaxed a little bit, and uh, TCU didn't skip a beat tonight. They, they didn't turn over. They played well. They passed the ball well. They played speed. They played fat. They played, it, it was it was a fun game to watch, and I think West Virginia kind of hit a little bus. off TCU looked like they were going to roll tonight. Whoever was in that gym at home,
2: the Ewing effect, right?
4: <laughs> <The>
2: Ewing effect. <laughs> the Ewing effect. Like you, you're missing your best player. The other guys step mm-hmm. up. It's not sustainable. They need Mike Miles to compete at the mm-hmm. top of that league. They have to have him, but over a one or two game sample size, like TCU can continue to play well. They can continue to sneak some off, but it, it is impressive. I mean, what is it Xavier Court went six for was it it's not Xavier Cork? Is it Xavier Cork? Yeah, Excuse he went it, for six. For yeah, six. Xavier Xavier Court went six for six. Uh, they have different guys that stepped up and played good minutes. I, I'm not surprised at all that they, they have talent. The talent is there on that roster, but for them to compete for a Big Twelve championship, which is Likely possible, as balanced as that league is, Mike Miles is that difference maker from a talent perspective and somebody who can consistently create shots for himself no matter who they play against. So for them to reach their ceiling, he has to be a part of that mix. But it's always good when somebody doesn't play, other guys step up, other guys get a couple of more reps, and then that can carry some confidence over when he does come back.
3: I want to tell you the top four in the standings right now in the Big 12 right now. Texas is first, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU fifth. Is Texas the best team in the Big 12, T.O.?
4: By the numbers, I guess. I I don't think they are personally, but one thing I think you get from Texas is consistent performance. You're going to have to beat them. They're not going to lay an egg. They're going to play defense. They can adapt to any speed of the game. They can play fast. They can slow it down. So I think they're most I think they're built the best in that league. However, I think down the stretch, teams are, have a higher ceiling than them. But right now, I, I would call Texas the best. But I, I do like Kansas. Even Kansas State, um, you know, th- those are two teams I kind of look at as higher ceiling teams, and if they can kind of play at their highest level, I, I think they're better than Texas.
2: Next two games at Kansas State, at Kansas. If they win those games, throw it on them. Celebrate, mm-hmm. at, the, celebrate at the Moody. Throw it on them. They're the best team in the Big 12. It's going to be hard. I, I mean, if I had to pick the top two teams, it would probably be Kansas State and Kansas at this point in the season. But, guys, the Big 12 is so loaded. Like, you can't drop one. And I, I had this conversation today with a radio station out of uh, Waco, Texas. It's like, w- what record wins the Big 12 this year? 12-6? 13 and 5 it's- something like like that for sure it's something like that so it's who's going to be the most consistent is really going to win the regular season title uh i I feel like kansas is going to be able to do that and this little three-game losing streak they went on i i don't see it happening again
3: at the end of the day too kansas understands how to win the way they started out this season the competition that they played with to prepare for conference play, to me, Kansas is the best team in the Big Twelve. But as we know, a lot can happen in the month of February. Things are going to come down to the wire here. And like you said, the fact that a team can go twelve and six and win the Big Twelve this year is freaking unbelievable. When you look at other Power Five conferences,
4: it's, it's it is it is, and, and you wonder if at the end of the year when they get the seating in the tournament, are these are these Big Twelve teams going to be burnt out? I mean, you're going, you got. West Virginia coming in the house. Then you might have to go to Texas. Then you might have to play Beller. Then you might have to go up to Kansas. Then you got Texas Tech coming home. Like, I don't know. Can can the Big 12 mentally sustain that pace? And at the end of the season, are they going to be able to kind of move forward, man? They're beating each other up. And, and every game is, I mean, like an emotional, tough game. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what this effect has on the tournament. Because they're going to have a lot of teams in there. I
2: wonder what they're going to do. It's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> An emotional roller coaster no matter who you play I, I think uh you know the difference between like people like to say you know the big 10 over the past couple of years people are like well well they're beating up on each other and then they get to the tournament they stink no nah, it's not necessarily so all the big 10 teams play similarly in style except mm-hmm. now illinois is playing different penn state's playing different there's a couple of teams playing different the, the big 12 is not like that every team plays different I mean, TCU's flying Texas tech guarding lockdown half court, Iowa state mm-hmm. uh, excellent defensively and just try to overwhelm you Kansas. Now they're spacing you out and they're attacking you with speed. Like there's constant adjustments with the big 12. I think that's the biggest difference between the big 10 and the big 12 over the past few years where we've said, ah, the big 10 is just beating up on each other. I don't, I, I don't buy that. I buy the big 12 simply because you're still having to adjust for styles on every given night and every style is towards the best of that particular style. Does that I make sense? You know, I said the, I said the word said style way too sense. much. You
3: said the word style. You must be a Taylor Swift fan that we don't know about, <laughs> but that being said, we're going to talk about the big time. We're going to talk about the ACC. We've got a lot more coming up here on field of 68 after dark. We'll be right back.
2: You're clear. Secret me and Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift, me, me and Taylor Swift, both horse people. Very horse, 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 people. Love,
4: love horses
3: wow, I did not know that about Taylor Swift, and I'm a very uh, big fan, like a Swifty. And I know oh. that um they call it
4: Taylor Swift, the Swifties? Got, that's what yeah, they they're
3: call it Taylor. Swifties. Yeah, no, like they're the it, thing. So, I I mean, I've seen her nine times in concert, so... this is This, nine is, this times? is perfect.
1: Hold on, this is perfect segue right here. Talking and about the I got, Swifties. Yeah, I'm Not and talking I got about Providence.
3: So, yeah, we're, we could. talk about... Well, we, about we are talking
1: about the Providence that. there, Mr. <laughs> to, because I'm asking a question about Providence uh xavier providence tomorrow night knows Zach Fremantle. we're going to get into that later in the show but who do you like that's from our buddy ken palm is a fraud in the youtube chat <laughs> ken, hey ken palm is a fraud hey, yeah, was was that you? That, he, <laughs> no
2: ken, ken pop is a fraud he jumped ship on me i thought we were boys like he just he, he's he's completely gone the other direction. Oh no! Like I happened. thought, me and Providence guy. Now you know I'm talking about the net and how disappointed I am with this measuring system. You know how you can be ten and two in the ACC and be a bubble team. That makes a whole bunch of sense. Like, come on, guys, what are we doing? Kim Palmer's a fraud. Thirty now. seconds. I'm picking Xavier. <laughs> just because I'm salty. Just because I'm salty.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oh, is that it? Okay, moving on. Well, we can do it. Nobody me. else is picking one? Nobody yeah, else I, is I, Oh, i That's
4: for everybody. Here I am throwing the, the, throwing the oop. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm going to go 10 seconds. No, Fremantle is kind of tough. He's kind of the rock down there for them. So if we, you know, I guess if I had to take one. Here we go. Two,
3: one. Welcome back in to Field of 68 After Dark, powered by Fat Rippers on Sirius XM, Channel 84, Terrence Oglesby, John Henson, Megan McEwen with you. Gentlemen, we turn our attention towards the ACC starting with Wake Forest-Duke. Blue Devils went at 75-73, mostly because Wake Forest went on a 7-0 run to close out the game. Uh, this was another rematch. Wake Forest beat Duke back in December. Uh, but in this game, hi, Jeremy Roach. Welcome to the party. Uh, he only had nine points in that first meeting. He had 17 points in the first half, finished with 21. Tio, what was Jeremy Roach doing exactly?
2: Uh, being what we thought he could be a playmaker with a ball, a guy that could be an X factor for that team. They've got a bunch of guys too, like uh, around them. Like who, who is their explosive guy? Kala Filipowski is really good at seven foot, but is he really that explosive playmaker? No, Jeremy Roach is that guy. Uh, They have some other guys that can do some things. Mark Mitchell is good in spurts, especially when you put him in spots where he's defending and attacking the rim at a high level, they've got a bunch of pieces, but Jeremy Roach, he ultimately determines how far this Duke team can go and if when he's like he was tonight, and I think he took the matchup against Tyree Appleby personally because Tyree Appleby's a really good player, and he ended up with 27. But, like, your team ends up winning. You still perform well. You're a more efficient player on a given night. Like, I, I think he was making a statement as to who was who is one of the best point guards in this league. I feel like I can compete every night, and Jeremy Bart showed why. Uh, we've considered him to be this coming up into this part of the season. He just hasn't been healthy. So the better he is, the better Duke is. I think that's pretty obvious to see.
4: I, I loved how Roach played today. I thought today was one of Duke's more complete wins. They looked like a, like a really good team. When there was runs or Wake Forest was pressing, they sustained. They made big plays. Filipowski, I I – I, the more and more I watch him, I just love his game. He He's a steadying force for them. Mitchell, I think, is a perfect glue guy. He does all the little things. He rebounds. He plays hard. He defends. And then if you get some extra offensive production from him, you're in business. Proctor hit some timely shots today. So this is the kind of Duke team that we kind of talked about, I guess, in the early season that we could potentially see, uh, even though Whitehead is injured. Um, even Lively, man, he had a lot of blocks. He's protecting the rim. So if they can kind of keep playing like this, Duke is going to be a force to reckon with. Uh, Wake force is not a... Not a bad team by any stretch of imagination. And they kept coming. And Duke sustained. And they they look really good tonight. Uh, So hopefully they're turning the corner.
3: Uh, Jeremy, Hopefully.
4: Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. Listen, Saturday. Big day though, Saturday. Got a day with destiny.
3: Yeah, how are (laughs) you feeling about that? You look like you're breathing a little harder when you're saying that.
2: That really, that that, that looked like it took you for a loop right there.
4: Like that was a force. It's at Duke. Going Tar Heels all the way, man.
3: Of course you are
4: you would be in trouble
3: if you didn't Um, but I'm still going to make you talk about Duke here for a little bit as much (laughs)
4: Uh,
3: you know we look at a player like Jeremy Roach who's a who's a veteran on this team who who Mm -hmm. has played played ACC for multiple years at this point and has the ability to calm his team down and you can see when he's playing really well everyone else seems to kind of take a breath and then get into the positions they need to get into Uh, how much of this is they're just finally starting to click with him and how much of this is, you know, like, maybe he doesn't necessarily have to do this every game for them to be successful at to
4: Well, when he was injured and kind of banged up, we, they were like kind of giving the ball to Filipowski and telling him to go get a bucket. And he's not necessarily that guy for them. So having Roach being able to offensively to take the load off and he'd be a second fiddle guy or a secondary offensive guy within that offense. He looks so much better today. He was so much looser. Um, so I, they need ropes to go where they're going to go. And if he plays a play tonight, uh, Duke is going to be right there at the end, kind of competing for the ACC championship and, you know, the, uh, bubble team, the 10 and two bubble team, you know, you know, that's, that's, they're going to be right there with those guys.
2: First of all, whoever's asking this question in the chat, who's the best team in the ACC Duke, UNC Miami, or not Clemson, not funny. Like, not funny. I'm not sure who's controlling you take that. take
3: personally? Yeah. I take
2: it personally. I take it personally. Uh, no, I'm just Whoa. kidding. You know what? Here's the cool thing about it is now that Jeremy Roach is back and he took over in the first half, now Tyrese Proctor, who's young, guys. Like, he's 17 years old. Like, he, he, he should be a senior in high school. He reclassed up. Uh, he gets comfortable. So, what happens in the first half? He doesn't do much. What does he do in the second half? Goes three for five, has ten points. And because the defense is so focused on Jeremy Roach, other guys can get comfortable. The only thing that worries me about this game is Wake Forest went on a 7-0 run to close it, and they made six out of their last eight field goals. That I mean, that who's your closer? How are you going to finish out these games? I know it was close, but at the same time, like you have to find ways uh, to, to finish it out convincingly so you don't give poor John Shire a heart attack because there's been times this season where he's looking like it. He's looking like it.
3: Do you think he's gotten more gray this season? He's had to have, right?
2: Man, I, hey, John, I don't know if you've seen this, but I saw, at, at his press conference after NC State, I, I thought my man needed a nap. Like, I was worried. Like, his eyes were bulging. Like, I was like, somebody check my man's blood pressure. And, like, it, it's stressful, man. He, he's in a new spot that he's never been in, that he's never even really let's let, – let's call it what it is. He's – like, Coach K didn't let him coach as a head coach at all. He was Coach K's assistant last year. And he had to coach a second half when Coach K ate some bad wings or something. Like that was <laughs> the only time. That was the only time yeah. that Shire got to actually coach the team and it really be his. This year, he's taking ownership. And guys, that's a lot. It's a lot to slide one seat down. You saw the b- first three quarters of North Carolina season last year. It takes time.
3: In that that's program? The yeah. When you follow yeah. up a legend? Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah of course. He, he's tough. Um, you're going into a, one of the premieres, if not premier program and you know in the ACC so it's just a whole different set of pressures whole different like you said him running a team is coach K was always running now him running the team it's a lot and like you said the press conference he looked a little flustered even on the sideline sometimes you know you can sit and sit over there like whoo all right well I'm here now like let, let's let's do this thing so he's learning we I don't think we talk about it enough he's literally learning on the fly at a program that they don't expect to lose many games so taking it all that account all that I I think he's doing well and uh he's only going to get better man so you know I'm I'm not a Duke guy but I think Shire will be fine just not anytime soon you know
3: before you say something nice about Duke do you have to preface it by saying you know I'm not a Duke guy like is that not a
4: Duke guy it's just like a habit you know my sister went to Duke she played so like I'm Duke women's basketball all day but Duke men's basketball yeah You got to say, like, hey, with all due respect, don't mean to disrespect. That's how you got to compliment them. Well,
3: hey, I'll make you stop talking about Duke basketball real quick because I do want to switch to the way for side And and the Demon Deeks, as of late, have now lost four straight. T.O., what do they need to do in February in order to at least try to make a run at getting a bid? Can
2: they? i feel like they can they still have a lot of punch like on the offensive side of the ball they're the second ranked offense in that league and say what you want about the acc number two in the league in offense is significant however they better guard because defensively over the last four games it just hasn't been it virginia of course you look at it virginia at Pitt, surprising team by the way uh NC State, who has several guards that can score on a given night. Terquavius Smith, Jerkel Joyner, those guys can go nuts. And then a Duke team at Cameron Indoor, it's tough. Now, they're at Notre Dame. That could kind of get some things back on the right track, at least if they play well. But it's going to come down to these guys have to guard. They're giving up 54% from the field. It's too much. You have to guard at a higher rate. You have to put more emphasis on that side of the floor. Do they really have a rim protector? Matthew Marsh is playing a lot of minutes. He's he's not the highest jumping dude. He is big, but they don't really have this alpha rim protector down on the defensive end that can cover up a lot of mistakes that some of these guys are making out on the perimeter.
3: Hey, by the way, Tio, um, the chat, we're going to give the people what they want. And the people, they want to talk about Clemson. Uh, <laughs> And about you know uh, things didn't go so well for for your Tigers tonight. Boston College wins it 62 fifty four. Now no Brevin Galloway for Clemson. Keep in mind after um, he busted
2: a, he busted
4: a nut in all worst, the wrong ways.
3: Worst injury, ever perhaps?
4: Yeah. I jumped on the Cleveland. I mean the Clemson Tiger bag, and today I jumped on it and I said, you know what, these guys are for real. Look how they do me, Tio. Uh, I need to hear what you think about these guys, man. Hey, man,
2: look, it, it's a hard place to play up there in Chestnut Hill. You got to play in front of like thirty Goodmans, like it's yeah. impossible. Like you, it, it's just negative vibes the whole way in there. So, like, let's just call that what it is. There's only fifty people in the audience at Boston College, but thirty of them are Goodmans. So, like, right. let's keep that in mind. That means you can hear Goodman the entire time while you're playing. It's a big distraction. No, it, it's a it's a Clemson team that when they don't shoot the ball well, they they stink.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: they they have to shoot the ball well if they don't shoot the ball well they stink and tonight uh guys they were what were they six of 21 that's finished, really hard
3: they finished the game two of 19
2: they got a One lot more. of good looks they finished the last the last 19 shots they were two of 19
3: so how much of this is that game- what you're
2: saying is that what you're saying i, I yes. didn't have that yes. okay yes. gotcha
3: uh last so we were saying the same thing assist alley-oop whatever that might be. My question to you is this. Did Boston College play well, or did Clemson just play bad?
2: I think Clemson just played bad. That's just what happened. They played bad. They didn't hit shots, and my feelings are hurt.
4: And Boston College, if you watch these Boston College games, if you could snuff them out early, they'll, they'll fold. But if you let them play and get a little confidence, That's that ball starts awesome. moving. They start playing with a little bit more energy. The big fella down there gets gets rolling. So, I think those will happen tonight. Clemson had some really, really good looks early that just didn't go down. And Boston College, you know, in front of all 30 Goodmans, you know, started feeling good and, and started, started rolling, you know.
2: Yep. And, and they turned the ball over way too much. Ian Shefflin had four turnovers in the first half. Chase Hunter, who is their point guard this year, had five. Uh, P.J. Hall, who's relied on to make a lot of decisions, goes 3-12 from the field, has three turnovers. And, that th- guys, they just – you have games where you don't play well. Problem is, you need to have those games against the better teams or else it looks bad. Like, y- you can have those bad games, but y- you better have them against good teams because, quite frankly, guys, every game in the ACC, there's not many quad ones. So, you better be bad in the quad one or the quad twos because <laughs> – not a good look. You know, it's, I think this was either quad three or quad four. I, who knows? I, I'm not a, I'm not a net man. I'm not a net man. I don't get it, That's but, good.
4: but, but there, it's still yeah.
2: hard. It's still, it's still hard. You have to be good against bad teams. How, in much order to you, register how much yourself. are
3: you going to take into, you know, consideration the fact that Robin Galway didn't play tonight?
2: Hey guys, look, he's a good, he, he, not really. He's a good player, but he's a piece like let's, Let's call that what it is. He's a good player, but he's a piece. Chase Hunter needs to play well for you to be good. P.J. Hall needs to play well for you to be good. Your big three are P.J. Hall, Hunter Tyson, and Chase Hunter. Those are your three guys. If those guys don't play well, it's tough. And if they turn the ball over, it's tough. If they don't shoot the ball well, it's tough. As a team, you can't go 6-21 if you're a Clemson because it just closes the lane right up. So they didn't play well, and I'm hurt. But other than that, like it just, I'm rooting for them. But it's, it's uh, they. This is not a team that's overwhelming levels of Duke talent. Like there's not four first round picks on this team. They have to play well. They have to shoot well, and they have to do the little things. And tonight they just didn't.
3: Next two games for them: Miami at home at North Carolina. Do they need to, what do you think they need to do in February in order to continue? You know, I think they need to get one. They got to get one.
2: I think out of those, out of those two, they need to get one. And it's hard to win at Carolina. I think they've won one in history in Carolina
4: one. Yeah. That that's one person I think, well, when I was there, they had never won. So like, we had to like kind of highlight that a little bit because we didn't want to be the team. Um, and even so now with, uh, you know, Carolina playing a little better um, and Clemson's kind of got the target on their backs now, which is a whole nother ball game in college basketball when, you know, it's, it's not just, a, it's, it's your league leading Clemson Tigers coming to town. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of part of their progression, being a, being a team that every night, you know, hey, Boston College got up a little bit for the guys tonight, and I don't know if they're ready for that.
3: That's a very fair point. Uh, we've got much more hoops to talk about. T.O.'s actual favorite conference is the Big Ten Conference, believe it or not, it's despite true. the fact that he reps Clemson night in and night out. Uh, a lot more to come up here. Field of 68 after dark, powered by BetRivers. Rivers. What else we got in the chat, Dig? And Apparently it's hopping tonight.
1: Is it hopping? Oh, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, they loved your, they loved your uh, Reverend Galloway quote, uh, by the way, as I'm sure most people would. Um <laughs> what did he busted it out the yeah, wrong way? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Did you all see the video?
2: Like I'm not yeah, saying anything that. Was out of turn funny. Here. He was funny. He was in the, yeah. he in the video. Was, he was
1: feeling that medicine post surgery. Yes, you, you can you can say that. Uh our guy Smith in the uh in the chat wants to know if Maryland I know we're gonna talk about them here in the next block, so we'll get a little preview here. If Maryland can be a sleeper in the Big Ten this season or play spoiler, I guess is also a good way to say it since we all kind of think I think we're all on the same page with Purdue. But he also has a little stat he threw in. Maryland's 15-2 and two when they score more than 21 points this season in the first half. Just think about that.
3: That's a fun little ESPN stat <laughs> for out there. Try to score more
2: than 21 points in the first half.
3: <laughs> that would How many it.
2: games? You, you, John, you had to have some games where you had close to 21 in the first half yourself.
4: You know, sometimes it just, you know, we, we had a rule. We, oh, no, we, so we had to run more. That's how we did it. We say the more we run, the more possessive, the more we can score. So we definitely had some high-scoring games. Um, but Maryland, I, I think personally, Maryland was a team I was on early, and they kind of faltered, so maybe they're kind of shoring things up. We kind of forgotten about them, but uh, they look like they're trying to get back in the mix. Hey,
2: chicken pot pie. pie. <laughs> chicken
4: pot oh pie. God.
3: Ten I seconds.
2: To go. Chicken pot pie, pie. Something can happen in the Big Ten. It doesn't matter.
4: Right. Here we go.
3: <laughs> Five, four, three, two. I'm the music. Man. Back on Field of Sixty Eight After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers on Sirius XM Channel Eighty Four. Megan and Terrence Oglesby, John Henson, with you tonight. And now we get to talk about the Big Ten, and we're going to talk about Indiana, Maryland, because the Terps. Just pulled off a huge win at home over Indiana. In fact, this one was so big they held Indiana to 55 points. Uh John, you were talking about this in our break about how you think Maryland, you know, you were on them early and you think they could still be pretty effective down the stretch in February.
4: Yeah. Uh they are an older team. Um, they kind of faltered at the beginning, but now they're picking it up a little bit. They've won three in a row. And, you know, I, you know, they 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 looked up on on Wisconsin. They beat Nebraska, which is, you know, pretty well, pretty good, too. And now they, you know, kind of spanked on Indiana. So, they're middle of the Big Ten right now, and we don't know what the Big Ten is or what's going to happen with that because besides Purdue, I mean, we've got Illinois, who we thought was dead. They're number two in the league right now. So, I have no idea what to think of this Big Ten. I mean, chicken pot pie. Break it down. Break it down, chicken
3: pot pie. Let's hear
2: it. Chicken pot pie. Six teams in the middle of that league with five losses. Six with five losses. It's chicken pot pie. After Purdue, it's chicken pot pie all the way till about Ohio State. Like, it, it, there's a bunch of guys that could make a run to play Purdue in the finals and get beat. Like, because Purdue's going to win that league. You want to pick Purdue or the field? Go ahead and pick Purdue. I don't know what the odds are, Megan. I know we're sponsored by no, Bet Rivers. I'm sure. D-
3: yeah. What What do you got? Yeah. There's got to be some number. You know,
4: I, I, I want to say Purdue's probably going to be minus something it's going you're going to have to pay a little you're going to have to probably pay a little money if you pick Purdue to to, to uh win this league at this point in time because it's it's not looking like anybody I mean seven and four is your second place like that's crazy that's crazy
3: night in night out man it's wild you know this Maryland team though to get back to it they're interesting because they started out hot at the beginning of the year they beat Illinois and when that happened everyone was like oh my gosh like they're completely clicking, and then you know things happen as Big Ten play continued on. But for them to win three straight, I mean, Tio, we've talked about you know chicken pot pie, but the Big Ten, like it is so difficult to string together back to back to back wins. No matter which way you're going to slice it, uh, you know how impressed have you been with them as of late?
2: The entire league?
3: No, with Maryland.
2: Oh, I, was about I know to you don't say, like the Big I mean, Ten. We're... I wasn't
3: going to make you say the entire league. Just Maryland <laughs> impressed you. I know. No, I know you, know... you stand.
2: You know what? They've won three in a row. Their losses haven't been terrible losses in that league. I mean, at Rutgers, at Michigan, that one doesn't help. And they got their tails smacked against Michigan, which is a little shocking. But outside of that, I mean, they they have guys that can score. Uh, They have guys that can create some things. Jameer Young was a really good addition, not only because he can score, but because he's from DeMatha and they're going to continue getting guys from D.C., just because of that. That was a huge pickup by Kevin Willard. Uh, whenever you have a team that plays a certain style, uh, the thing I love about Kevin Willard, Willard is he's going to put his guys in position to take advantage of what you guys do well. He, he's really good at that. He showed that while while he was at Seton Hall. He has a certain type of guy he likes to recruit. Big, long, strong athletes that are going to be able to defend and have a couple guys that can create some things. Donta Scott's been good this year, and in large part because – he thrust a lot of responsibility on him early, so it's it's one of those things. I, I, they have talent; they've had talent all year. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be able to be consistent in their approach for the rest of the season? And the fact that it's it's Maryland and and they're still kind of trying to find their way, I uh, I think they're they could be a tournament team. It's just that middle you got to find a way to differentiate yourself a little bit. That's kind of the the hard part about it
3: you could not have sounded more skeptical when you said tournament team question heavy on the skeptic- mm. skepticism it could there.
2: maybe it's hard it could I mean change. it's hard.
4: literally
2: it I'm, change, I'm skeptical too. because guys I'm skeptical because I don't understand the net fair so we got to
4: figure out the net before we you made know. that
3: disclosure earlier let's let's talk about Indiana for a second because this is a team first off preseason favorite in the big time um for them to go on the road as well as they've been playing as of late. Look, Trace Jackson Davis still 18 points, 20 rebounds. I mean, he's been putting up insane numbers. If Zach Eadie wasn't in the big 10, I think the conversation we'd be talking about Trace Jackson Davis mostly yeah. with that. Um, which is crazy to say, but what sticks out to me most tonight, Jalen Hoshina goes one for 14 from the field. And that absolutely killed them, John.
4: Yeah, they they need him to play well. Um Couple of previous games he he did play really, especially that Illinois, he's played really well. Um, and hats off to Trace Jackson Davis. He's like, Look, I'm not letting this ship go down without a fight. I mean, he's been putting up some monster numbers, monster stat lines. And I I I watched him the other day, and it's almost like he's figuring out, like, all right, I'm I'm a grown man and I don't know if these dudes can guard me. And he's been playing like that. Uh, but when Hushapino goes one for 14, they don't have enough pieces to, to overcome that. And uh, that's what happened tonight.
2: It's not just him too. I mean, like Tamar Bates, another guy they, they basically, Maryland basically sat on their three point shooters is what happened. And then doubled off of the non-shooters from Indiana when they did double. So Tamar Bates can't get loose. Hood Shafino is being hassled all game long. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Miller cop. I mean, he was fine. what he end up three for seven, one for four 100%. from three. You gotta have, yeah, you gotta have more people you got to have more people contribute from the, you know, from the, uh, you know, outside. If that happens, Indiana's good. If it doesn't happen, it's really hard for Trace Jackson Davis to carry you because he's carrying you by scoring twos. So, so that, that's kind of the, that's, that's your hard part is like, can you be an absolute dominant team if you're not shooting the ball well and your best player is only scoring twos? Purdue shoots it well. Purdue shoots it well.
3: Yeah, well, and Indiana's next game is Purdue hosting them at home uh, this weekend. So that's going to be huge. It's going to be a a freaking blast of a matchup when you have Zach Eady going against Trace Jackson Davis. So that's going to be – you like post players that is the game for you but keep in mind indiana hasn't had xavier johnson for quite a while now and it seems that they're finally they were starting to get a groove without him um no word on when he's coming back yet but this is still a team in my opinion that that can make a run um this purdue game is going to be very telling down the stretch though of where exactly indiana is going to fit in um as we get closer to tournament time uh, northwestern iowa uh, Northwestern, this was a uh, makeup game because of COVID. Iowa's going to pull away in this one. They end up winning by 16. Uh, hey, is this Iowa team, you know, finally the real deal? Are you convinced? Have they done enough offensively for you to say, this is a tournament team, Tio?
2: They're fun to watch. I'll, <sighs> give, I'll give Iowa that. They're fun to watch. They got to win more games. Uh, they lost to Eastern Illinois. And, and apparently that's bad for the net. That's, guys, that's going to be a reoccurring theme. The net, that's all, bad we'll for the it. net. Hey, look, yeah. it's going to be a reoccurring theme. It's probably right. bad for the net. Uh, loss at Nebraska, probably bad for the net. They started out zero and three in conference. Lost
3: to Eastern Illinois.
2: Eastern Illinois, bad for the net. At Nebraska, bad for the net. Uh, <laughs> no offensively it's a fun team to watch guys I mean they fly up the court they let they play freely they move the basketball it's a lot of fun to watch but 13 and 8 like I know they're 33rd in Kempon. they're probably like eighth in the net uh so you know I think it's one of those things like it's one of those things like I, I have no idea do they look like a tournament team they they could they could be a 9-10 seed I could see that I, I, I could understand squeezing them in in that 8-9 line and then Playing well enough to you know compete in the first game and then get blitzed by the number one seed overall, I could see that happening with Iowa, but I could see that happening with a lot. There's just no direction because the net's so confusing.
4: They're, they're too inconsistent for me. I mean, you know, <laughs> you beat you beat a team tonight by 16. That's pretty good. And then you know you have these head scratching losses or games where you're just like you, you nobody understands what happened. So. They're, they're a team to put, keep an eye on, but they've got to be more consistent um, because they're kind of a team that down a stretch, they could falter and they could like be out of it. You know, that's how inconsistent they are to me. And so um, I'm not buying anything on Iowa right now. They, they've got to put some strings of games together where they at least are consistent in their play uh, per se.
3: Keep in mind, this is an Iowa team. I mean, last year that that did make a run in February into March and did have this, you know, obviously fell out of the tournament kind of short, but that did go on to win the Big Ten tournament. Anytime you can score at the level they can, you give yourself a chance. You yeah. You just got to defend. Uh, also yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, Illinois. Speaking of consistency, they've been really good down the stretch. Again, to you, I'm going to phrase it to you this way: Is Illinois a top? seed in the NCAA tournament to you
4: with the net say
3: I'm trying to ask them all net questions just to see, what <laughs> see
2: what Yeah, yeah hey, my, my head's about to explode I think that's important oh down. hey pod look fell
3: out of his head
2: hey earpod, yeah that's how hard I'm thinking the ear pods just pop out Uh, here's the thing I will say about Illinois, like they went through a little bit of a slump early in the season, but winning seven out of your last eight, if there's a team in the big 10, that's most adaptable, uh, to the NCAA tournament, I think their roster is they've got guards, they got forwards, they have Dane danger who can play off the bench and guard some of these aircraft carriers, not named trace Jackson Davis, but like Mm -hmm. they have several guys like that fit and can be switchable and can get out and pressure on the perimeter and can create their own shots. So like in theory, this Illinois team outside of Purdue, I feel like that's a team that could make a sweet 16 or an elite eight run because of the makeup of the roster. The consistency prior to January 7th was up for question since January 7th, they've won seven out of eight. So I think they've figured out a lot of things and I got to find my AirPod. I'll let John talk.
4: Yeah, no, they've definitely figured out some things. Um, you know, from consistency and this, everybody's playing better. Um, when I saw them in the garden, um, we were talking about them as like a potential top 10, top five team. So that's the kind of ceiling they have um, with the talent they have and who, who the players have, and It looks like they're figuring it out. It's now seven and four is nothing to sneeze at, but they can keep going and, and get that record to look a little better. They're sitting at second in the big 10, um, you know, better right under Purdue, which I think is head and shoulders the rest of the league. So I, I think you can't be mad at that as, a, as an Illinois fan or as coaches or players from how you kind of started off so bad. They're, they're recovering.
2: They they guard, man. Yeah, They guard. That That's the big thing about them. They guard. And then when their shot makers are making shots, they're really tough to defend. When Terrence Shannon is creating things, they're really tough to defend. When Matt, Matthew Myers hitting shots from the perimeter, tough to defend. When Jaden Epps is doing things, tough to defend. But the consistent with them over the last eight games is is they have defended. Except for when Trace Jackson Davis went absolutely bonkers. Outside of that, they've defended at a high level.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.
3: Did Dagan mute me? He was like, stop talking. I don't want to hear about Illinois anymore. But I was going to (laughs) give Brad Underwood some credit because he did adjust his offense headed into conference play. They're not playing the spread offense. He ran it at Stephen F. Austin. And you can see Illinois players are, are more inept to it because they're able to back cut easier. They're able to read each other more read and react type of flow that they're getting. And it's been a recipe for success. Um, that's our Big Ten segment, gentlemen, because we have a lot more coming up after the break. Stick around. Field to 68 after dark, powered by Bet Reverse returns.
4: Your pop pie. You're clear.
3: I don't think I meant to use the word in-ups. That was not the word I <sighs> – dictionary.
1: Tio, I think we have a, a nice explanation in the chat uh, for you about the net. Um, from our buddy MC Lee, uh, he says, maybe if Clemson was better at finding the bottom of the net, they'd have a better net. Um. So oh, that's, spicy. that's real spicy. <laughs> so just, just, just or you it. could say, yeah, or, or yearly Burstein you said net equals not even thinking,
2: which also could be true.
1: Also true. Also, I want to make it very clear, I did not mute Megan's mic, although it would be very funny if I did, because I hear uh, producer Trevor talking about Illinois. So, um, but but yeah. So let me go back and find. Oh, uh, let me go back and find some questions. I think I heard someone earlier. Obviously, Texas Tech was a big talking point on our show last night, um, especially with Mister Jeffrey Goodman's Twitter account. Um, do you think that they have any chance of making the tournament this year? Who? Texas Tech. No. Fair enough. Easy easy no. enough. Here's another one for you, T.O.
4: Unless the tournament's coming to Texas Tech.
1: There's <laughs> another one for can't you. To, uh, you can't
2: get to Lubbock anyway. can't get to Lubbock anyway. It's, it's, there's no good way to get to Lubbock.
1: I I've, already, I've already looked. <laughs> 30 seconds. Um, one more for you, T.O. Uh, do you still use... Wonderful, Bart Torvik. Yeah, pull out, you you always pull out
2: your Torvik. Yeah, you always pull out your Torvik on occasion. (laughs) Always
1: pull out your Torvik when needed. Uh, And then last one quickly here, this one's for you, man. 10 seconds. Ken Palm is a fraud. You never answered Providence or Xavier, if you like tomorrow.
3: Are you asking me? Yes. (laughs) Providence or Xavier for tomorrow? I wanna see what Xavier does. (laughs) Welcome back on into Field of 68 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers, Sirius XM Channel 84. John Henson, Terrence Oglesby, Megan McEwen hanging out with you on this Tuesday night. Uh, let's talk about some big news, and we've talked about it in our chat. Uh, we've got Xavier Providence coming up, and uh, Xavier Zach Mantle is out for a month, oh, which is a big blow to the Musketeers. But, Tio, can you break it down for us? How exactly does this affect Xavier?
2: I think it's big, but they, they've had some guys uh, off the bench that are playing a lot better. And Xavier's offense still really, really good. One, because they play so freaking fast. And Sean Miller's done a terrific job in year one, not turning around a program, but putting guys in position because he has a lot of the same guys, right? Uh, Fremantle Hurts, because he provides a lot of different things for you offensively. He can stretch it a little bit. He can really score in the post. He's one of those guys that he's kind of a lightning rod for you emotionally. And sometimes when guys are kind of into doldrums a little bit, you like that word doldrums just came out of nowhere. (laughs) When guys are in the doldrums. a little, uh, Now we can look it up later, but the guys are feeling bad. He's a guy that can, you know, spark it up, kind of getting a little bit of a tussle with the other team. You know, he did the whole zip them up thing earlier this season. He's a guy that can bring some energy for you. Uh, What I will say though, Jerome Hunter has stepped in and played a role for that team at Xavier that, is pretty remarkable. But I, I do think Fremantle's um, absence is going to hurt, especially when you have to find a way to guard Bryce Hopkins, who is an absolute beast and is so physically strong that he's going to get you in foul trouble. And the problem with missing one of your better players is, is Providence gets to the foul line better than anybody else in the Big East. doesn't matter where they play. They still get to the foul line, even at the Centa Center. So the only thing that you're really going to be hurting is your potential depth. How is that going to work itself out? That's going to be tough.
4: Yeah, I think this is going to be a similar situation how Craig when they lost Colt Rainer for a little bit and they kind of had to figure out how to do the play or, and they're going to have a tough stretch without him because he's kind of the rock down there, kind of a driving force, kind of a name that, the name that comes when you think about Xavier. So it's going to be tough for them. Um, but if they can kind of beat the teams they're supposed to beat and compete, I think they'll be fine for a month. Um, he'll be back and it may affect their seating, but um, I like where Xavier is at right now.
3: I mean, they've built a nice resume so far, mm-hmm. even though, you know, they've lost two of four down the stretch here, but I mean, look, the big East, you talk about the big 12, like the big East, you got four teams there that are, are really strong, that nothing would really surprise you at the end of the day, who comes out on top, uh, but they play against Providence, it's been a hot topic that we've been asked tonight, who you have tomorrow, Providence or Xavier to start with you.
2: I did say Xavier. I, I said that during the break, but that was mostly just to pick at Kim Palm as a fraud. I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be difficult for Xavier to beat a Providence team that gets to the foul line so much. I, I think that game is one at the foul line. Are they going to be able to get to the foul line enough to bother Xavier's rotation? That's going to be a big one. Uh, all of that being said, the, the Centa Center is insane. I, I think there's a way though, that, that Providence wins that game?
4: I'm going to go Providence, too. You're missing your, one of your guys, one of your kind of linchpins of your, of your lineup. Um, and Providence is no slouch, and Providence is scrappy, and they need all the wins they can get. So I'm going Providence, Bryce Hopkins, to have a great game.
3: I'm with you on Providence uh, just because Xavier, you know, at times has struggled to defend. I mean, they're giving up 78 points a game right now. It's last in the big East. It's going to be interesting to see though, how they fare without Fremantle. So TBD on that one. Hey, we didn't get into the sec. Um, we got Texas A&M, Arkansas. Look. Yo,
2: hold on, hold on, Megan. I'm sorry. Bama beat the brakes off. We were, we were going to get
3: to Bama afterwards. Right? Oh. Bama first.
4: You have to take them feel- off. Did we take them off. The rundown. We're going to talk about them next week, right? Like, it's, what are we talking about?
3: I mean, they, they literally, I mean, dropped one hundred one, one hundred one forty-four. The final over Vandy. <laughs> they they were pissed off.
2: Boy, pissed yeah. off? Pissed. They 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 felt pissed on after that after that loss at Oklahoma, and they got pissed off because of it. They go back home. Holy cow. How good is Alabama when they're pissed off? They need to be pissed off the rest of the season. Sorry, we can go back to the rest of it. It wasn't a game, no, well, so we, we could take off.
3: Alabama, it wasn't. Oh. No, we were going to get to it, but you sound enthusiastic about it. And we want to channel that enthusiasm because you're down <laughs> in the mud about Ken Palm and whatnot. Um, now, Ken
2: Palm's fine. Ken Palm's fine. The net.
3: The net. Sorry. The net. The and you're not happy with Ken Palm as a fraud. That's who we're beefing with tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, got to keep gotta keep it all straight here. But for <laughs> Bama to come out, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see, though. When, when you get punched in the mouth, you got to come back. And this is exactly what you have to do. Right, John?
4: Yeah. And, and Vandy, for what it's worth, Vandy's been playing a lot of tougher teams closer, home and away, and they, they haven't been going away. They've been pests. Shout out to my guy, Jerry Stackhouse out there. And so... Um, for them, when I saw that score tonight, it was kind of shocking because Bama has been competitive for the most part. Um, but Alabama just got the brakes beat off them and, and, and Vanderbilt picked a bad night to go against, against the Crimson Tide. Um, didn't think they would lose by 50. But you know what? That's a sign of a really good team when they come out like that motivated and, and putting that last game behind them and, and, and winning like that.
2: They, they they held Vanderbilt to three of 30 from three. <laughs> and then inside inside the paint, they held him to 38%. And like that that front line, that three four, five of Brandon Miller, six, nine, 200 pounds, Charles Bidiaco, six or seven foot, two thirty, Noah Clowney, six, 10, 210 Like there's so much length on the floor. And Miller and Clowney can guard out on the perimeter. And then you add in Mark Sears, who is who is quick as ever. And then Jaden Bradley, who guys forget, like that was the number one ranked point guard in the, class, in the freshman class coming into this season. There is oh, yes. a lot of talent on that roster. There's a lot of length. And the, the emergence of Charles Bediaco, uh for this team, That he's the reason – he's one of the main reasons that they're 9-0 in the SEC because – you know, Brandon Miller gets all the pub. Noah Clowney's starting to get some pub. Bidiaco's a guy that's sitting behind all those guys whenever they make some mistakes on the perimeter. He can be that shot eraser a little bit like John Henson once
4: was. Once was. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree that that's, they're a tough team, and, and they're going to be – I mean, SEC's kind of like, what are we? what's going on there? I mean, Tennessee – is Tennessee number two now on the AP now? Are they, are they second-ranked team in the country now? I believe so. Um, so – it's going to be fun to see what happens now. I love Alabama. I love the length. I love their size. I love the freshman. They have, they'll be making a lot of money in six months. Um, they're going to be a tough out overall. Um, definitely one of those teams you can see kind of being there at the end.
3: Yes. You have Tennessee second in the country, Alabama.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, I'll leave you guys. With this. When you talk about the sec and what's going on there, who's the best team in the sec right now, John?
4: to go Tennessee. I've been a Tennessee guy since the beginning. I love – I love their their top uh, – I think their number one team in adjusted deficiency, defensive efficiency. Um, and overall, I think they're, like, number top five in whatever – their favorite Kim Palm, whatever you call those rankings. So Tennessee's a team for me right now. Um, and when Tennessee is hitting shots, they're really tough to beat. The only time Tennessee struggles is when they – they're always going to play good defense, but sometimes offensively they get a little staggered. They miss a lot of shots. Um, but if Tennessee gets rolling offensively, they're the best team, in, in that Alabama-Tennessee matchup, like I want to, I want to see that really, really bad, man. That'll be a fun game to just sit around and watch, kind of two big-time programs, not at a football, not not a football game, go at it. Yeah. So, isn't that crazy? Be, it's crazy. Yeah. February
3: fifteenth, yeah. that matchup, by the way. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: They're very good. Both, both teams are very good. I, I think the tempo that Alabama likes to play with could give Tennessee some trouble. But that all being said, if you can slow it down to a crawl, Tennessee is going to be able to win that game. It's a, batter, a battle of pace with those two. Like, Tennessee is right at 200 in tempo, adjusted tempo. Alabama's number two. Like, who can who can impose their will when it comes to can we play fast? Do we need to slow it down? Slow it down, going Tennessee. Speed it up, going Alabama how you can manufacture some of those things
3: and like we talked about if you can defend like you've got a shot to to win any game just because you simply commit to that side of the ball so that's going to be very interesting down the stretch uh gentlemen great night as always breaking down every conference across the board um talking about what not all the things uh anytime anyone wants to check out some gear at of 68shop lots of gear on there for you um and yeah, any final thoughts from you two?
2: Alabama's back. They it's they back. they they're feeling better. Alabama's back. Watch out for them. I mean, they sometimes you just need a wake up call.
4: Alabama's back.
3: Alabama's back. Quick from you, John.
4: Shout out Nigel Peck scoring um, 15 points or maybe 17 points in five minutes to carry Miami to a win. It was a tough game. Virginia Tech is really good. Um, so that, that's that. That was my. My one-up today for the your night. shout-out.
3: That'll do it for us on Field of 68 after dark. We'll talk to you a little later. Have a great night. Claire. and now we are over on youtube still talking with our after hours i call it after 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 dark afters that's what it's called afters, now the everyone the made fun of me for calling the, the after afters
2: the afters uh, with the swifties
3: don't <laughs> threaten me with a good time now dagan <laughs> what do you have for us in the chat
1: i got our guy david bentley there it is long time viewer uh, wants to know what's the one thing holding Tennessee back from a final being a Final Four team,
4: or is there an Is or nothing? Um, well, they ha- I mean, they have. They, ha- they have. what it takes. Kim Palm says so, right? I don't know about the <laughs> net. Kim Palm. says they have what it takes. Um, for them, I think staying healthy and, and being competent offensively, which is easier said than done, um, they'll they'll be right there at the end in the thick of things. They need a guy that can score at the end of the game.
2: Like. They need that guy. I think Julian Phillips is that guy, but he goes long stretches. And I'm talking games where he doesn't have a play run for him. Uh, does he finish around the rim as good as you want him to? Not right now, and it has a lot to do with strength, but he has one of the, be- one of the best abilities in the country of getting fouled and getting to the free throw line. You need somebody to create looks in an isolation situation. Zakai Ziegler is 5'9". He can try really hard. He's still 5'9". Vescovy, uh, I'm faster than he is right now. Uh, (laughs) Like a couple of guys like on that roster, the only one that can really create something by himself is Julian Phillips. So, And he's not been featured whatsoever at all. And I feel like you're going to pay for it in March, what you could have worked on in November and December. And that's what – could end up getting Tennessee. That all being said, they still guard at such a high rate. It's like it could happen anyway.
3: When you defend, you have a shot at the end of the day, no matter what it comes down to. Zakai Zagler, mm-hmm. I, I love him. He's one of my favorite players to watch because he is five oh, I love him. So damn crafty. Oh, love what a, what a treat he is to watch. So you know, even though he is five nine, but I just think he has really high IQ, great motor, great feel for the game, excellent floor general. No, I love this Tennessee team.
2: He's a bowling ball with braids, right? Like, like he, he is so fast and I'm so jealous because so he has such fast. a, he's so fa- he, and I'm so jealous because he has such a great head of hair and like, I just got nothing, but like, <laughs> he's a bowling ball with braids and like, he is such a competitive dude. He, he, he makes p- winning plays a lot throughout the game. But my, my only thing is 30 seconds to go down one, where can you get a good shot? or not even a good shot because John, you know, this, Megan, you know, this like you have to get a shot or have yeah. to get a look. It's not going to be a great look when you're having to create something at the end of the clock, but you have to be able to get a shot. <laughs> got to be somebody else. It's got to be, it's got to be Phillips. That's, that's the guy that can do something for you.
3: You need a playmaker.
1: That's right. That's right.
3: What was that? All right, Dagan, what you got for us next? Uh,
1: Brewers fan 12, 12. Wants to know if Marquette is going to win the Big East. Ooh.
3: They got to be from Milwaukee, right?
1: I would imagine. Brewers fan 12-12. Seems seems to give that away.
3: Dead giveaway. That's a good question.
1: Best offense in the country.
2: It literally is, according to various metrics. Best offense in the country. And a similar defense to both uh, Providence and Xavier. It's entirely possible that Shaka Smart, after – being predicted to finish ninth in the big East. It's entirely possible that they win the regular season. And that is saying something. Oso Igadaro is a terrific player. Tyler Colick's one of my favorite competitors in Mm -hmm. the country, not even player. He's one of my favorite competitors in the country. And uh, Omax prospers developed into a pro prospect. Cam Jones is still a bucket. Like they've got weapons all over the place. It's just, uh, and they defend. That's the crazy part about it. Like that's not the strong point of their team, but they're still defending well enough in that league to where it's going to keep them in ball games and let that offense win the games for them at the end.
4: I want no shock. I want no parts of Shaka Smart March. So Marquette's gonna be there at the end. They're gonna they, they could definitely win the big east and, and shock smart with not I guess shock smart underdog shock smart or shock smart where you don't believe in him is a scary sight. You did it with VCU and Marquette's kind of shaping up to be that team that people don't really talk about. You might see them get a two or three seed, and then all of a sudden it's the 316, and and, and and they're in there they're playing, you know. So they're they're really good.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. What you said about Tyler Cole of TO, like he is just a freaking baller. He's a dog. He's gonna go out. And absolutely try to go for the jugular. Like when you talk about competition, I think about that Xavier game, you know, even though they lost that game, he was so freaking good in that first half, especially. And then when Cam Jones is knocking down shots at a high rate, then Marquette, I think becomes a really hard team to beat.
4: Yeah.
2: I love comp- like competitive dudes, mm-hmm. like guys that just make things happen because they just want, they just want to win more than you. Kolek fits that description.
3: What else, Dagan?
1: Cool. I have I have one comment before I get to the next question. Um, chat, there are two hundred over two hundred and twenty people watching the show, only forty likes. Come on, let's get that like total up a little bit here. Hit that get like that up. like get, get those okay, likes up. When we get to hundred oh, likes, we will release Tio's highlight tape from tonight tomorrow on Twitter. Because he's he's having an all time <laughs> night tonight. So <laughs> Is it that bad? Is it that oh, bad? Oh no, no, no. It's that good. It's that oh. good, Tio. All right, I'll take it. I'm not going to able to find the question. I lost the question I had. Oh, can Villanova, big, big East contingent in the chat today, uh, can Villanova play spoiler in the Big East tournament and knock off a top 14?
2: Yeah. Justin Moore. Yeah, they can. Justin Moore was back a game. They started to look comfortable. Uh, th- they were posting guards again, right? Like it, it seemed like that was an emphasis, and then they were cutting off the guards. It looked a little bit similar to what Villanova did last year whenever they did they play last game, Dagan? Because I've watched him play. I'm just having a brain fart about that. Providence. Okay, so
1: Providence,
2: they play Providence. They're posting guards. They have guys cutting off of it. Uh, I felt like that team kind of fell into the rhythm when Justin Moore was back, and he's still not. Like, you could tell him running up the floor, he's scared to pull the trigger. And it's like one of those things, like, he, once he gets fully back, that Villanova team is going to beat some teams. They're going to have kind of the, I want to say, the Florida State syndrome. Like they they stunk in the non-con in the early season, and now they're going to be a really tough out because they're healthy.
4: He said it better.
3: <laughs> Nothing. No to seed, ask.
2: no no. <laughs> and Hall questions in the chat, Dagan. Well, I've got no so and like Hall it.
1: questions, but I'll get yelled at by by Doster and Goodman if I talk about. <laughs> so we're just going to we'll just wait until they're more relevant.
3: But to that point, by the way, to go off of the Villanova uh, train, their losses as of late have all been single digits. It's not like they're getting blown out by yeah. people.
1: Yeah,
2: good point.
3: Anything's possible in March, guys.
2: Yeah, that's right. I
3: that's mean, right. And, they, and they have
2: guys. They had four of their starters with Justin back Four of their starters were in the Final Four last year.
3: Like <laughs> crazy. Don't you forget that? I forgot. No, that.
2: I haven't forgot. No, I haven't. I forgot. Think, I mean- <laughs> No, it, it's, it's been kind of nuts that, that that they have performed in the manner that they have. They're 10 and 11. They made the final four, four or five starters back from a final four team. It's tough. It's tough. It's different coaching Winning is the- hard. Winning is hard. Winning is hard. And when you're 10 and two in a conference, you have to remember, you have to leave the net out of this. Winning is hard. It doesn't matter by how much you win by Winning is hard.
3: <laughs> the net's not taking that into effect. <laughs> <laughs>
2: really not. The, the net has no feelings is what you're no.
1: telling me.
3: No. We got. No. We need to get you a T-shirt. I hate the net.
1: Yeah.
4: Put that on the site. Field the 68 site. Perhaps. Yeah, we can, get, we can yeah. work that out.
1: We can get that. Field of 68. We can that. sort that out very easily. Yeah. Uh, here I got one from Will Sample. What does Nick Smith do to the ceiling for or, uh, for Arkansas? I almost forgot what team he played for there.
4: I don't think he's we're going to have it. I don't think we're going to see it. Yeah. He's he's going to, he's he's probably, you know, he's probably setting up uh, agent visits right now in L.A. No, you know? no he's, oh.
2: he, he's staying in Rich Paul's uh, guest house yeah. right
4: now. Yeah, you know, 100%. He's, he's probably, he's probably he's right now. from Adele right now.
3: He's probably yeah, a towel with,
4: right now, like, you know, having, you know, having a good meal, uh, getting ready for the draft.
2: Yeah,
1: hopefully he comes back. I don't think. I would doubt it. Here's a good question, and I didn't ask it, so I'm allowed to ask it on, on the show. Ken Palm is a fraud. Will Seton Hall finish the season with a higher net than Clemson? <laughs>
2: <As> <laughs> I don't, nobody
1: knows. DL. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We need the There's formula
4: first. Yeah, we need the formula first.
1: <laughs> I say yes. I say yes, personally. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Oh of course. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, Yuli wants to know uh, what Syracuse chances of making the tournament this year.
2: None now I was, I was riding. I, and that's a little dig right there and I don't appreciate it. Cause I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago that I thought Syracuse was going to be a tournament team. They would have beat Virginia. I thought they would still be in the hunt. And I thought because they were continuing to get better and they have, they have a really young team, like five ro- rotation players are freshmen. <laughs> like I thought they were going to continue to get better. They just have lost some close ones. They're, they're NIT bound. Yeah. No. What do you think, John? Window?
4: Window. Windows closed. Um, they had they had, they had, they had a window to kind of win some games and kind of make a little noise. And you know they 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 played Carolina close. They played UVL really well. Just couldn't couldn't get over that hump. Yeah. Tough. I
2: mean,
3: they would have to like one out here on out.
2: Like every like, game. Like every. And game. not not all that many quad one opportunities according to the Net.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah. Can a Pac-12 team make the Final Four? Absolutely. If so, who? Sorry, I'm taking all these questions. I need to shut up, let John
2: oh, and Megan no. talk. I'm just getting Adam. fired up. Y'all go ahead. Go, go.
4: No, I mean, yeah, UCLA, Arizona, I mean, those are two teams. We don't get to watch them a lot because we're on the East Coast, but um, those are two really good teams that can make some noise. And usually Arizona makes noise in the tournament, you know, and then people are like, oh, who are these guys? But Arizona's one of the teams. Arizona, UCLA, they, they are definitely capable Um, in the Pac-12. Now, anybody else? No, No, sir.
3: No, I'm with you. I think UCLA has a shot at making a run just based off of what you saw, especially early on in the season. Some of those wins they were going to pull out uh, down the stretch. I'm a UCLA fan, personally. I like Arizona. Those are going to be your two best shots. Um, who knows? I don't know. Tia, what you got?
2: I think UCLA and Arizona, and it depends on the mood of headband Kerr, field of shot. get your oh. t-shirt. The man, Uh, good plug. Yeah, you like that? Uh, no, if I had to pick, I would say UCLA. Uh, And I understand Arizona is going to be hard to guard, especially for a lot of mid to low majors that where people stub their toe and lose a game. Like it, it, they play fast and they're huge. You typically don't have those two together. And it, you know, if they're able to be good, uh, Kylan Boswell's been coming along. I think I I love that kid coming out of high school. Uh, but. that that's a team with a lot of talent I just feel like UCLA if I had to pick between the two shotmaker and Jaime Hawkins uh, and Dembona has been awesome uh, Tiger Campbell is like the unsung hero of that team he's Mr. Solid Mr. Dependable for whatever they do and Amari Bailey brings elite athleticism Jalen Clark's great on D- like they have pieces I, I'm a big puzzle piece guy they have a lot of puzzle pieces that's the reason I like UCLA
3: yeah I mean We'll talk about Arizona for a second too, by the way. Like what they did in Maui earlier this year. I think everyone was like, Oh my god, this is this is the final fourteen, just based off of how they yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Real I fun. agree with that. Cool. Um, next one. Can Michigan salvage their season? And why is the answer
4: no? <laughs> uh yeah, Michigan. Um that's another team that had a window to kind of pick up some big wins and they didn't they didn't they didn't do it. Um, there there's a few games where we thought they were going to play well. They didn't. Um, that are sitting towards the bottom. I don't know what a salvage would be for them. What, what would a salvage be for them? Like, NIT. The no, not? Yeah. not
1: in the CBI. Yeah.
4: yeah you know, so they'll, they'll, you know they'll, they'll, go, they'll be NIT. I mean, they'll be NIT now. They'll be hanging not out a whole,
2: with uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, that's right. They'll be hanging out yep. with Syracuse.
4: In the Garden. That'll be a good game.
1: Yeah, what a, what a good game. Yeah. <laughs>
4: They
3: just, they've been so inconsistent this year. I think it's the biggest issue. And I don't think Hunter Dickinson has had the year we all thought he was going to have, um, they dealt with injuries as well. And that has not helped by any means, but like, I'm taking a look down the stretch, like they got Northwestern next. I don't, I don't know if that's a game that, I mean, they beat them earlier on the season. That could be, we'll see how that goes just because I don't know how Northwestern's going to be. Luke. But yeah, I mean, well, this league's tough. You got Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis, how are you going to defend them? Um, Illinois is playing at a high level right now. Rutgers playing at a high level. I just, I don't see it.
4: What you're saying is it could get ugly. It could get ugly. Can
2: can I defend Hunter Dickinson for a minute?
3: Have at it. I don't think anyone was coming at him, though.
2: Yeah, I think people were a little bit. like, Not not this group, not this group, but uh, I feel like he's catching some flack that's undeserved. And, and. You look at what he did his freshman year. He had like a veteran laden team around him that all could really shoot it. Yeah. And this year you got jet Howard, who very good player, very and emphasized, very good player. One trick pony. He's scoring. It's what he's doing. Not doing much out. He's he's had a couple like 30 point games and like one board. Like he he's he, so he's been good shooting the ball, Uh, you know, outside of him, you know, Joey Baker is shooting 40%, but they've played 21 games. He's hit 20, 23 threes. Like, is that really a, an issue if you're an opposing team? Like, I'm not really worried about it if he's only hitting one a game. Like, you got to have some explosiveness to you. And the, that team put together doesn't really fit around Hunter Dickinson very well. I, I think – And. Compound the fact that he's still averaging absurd numbers, even with a team around him that doesn't necessarily shoot the ball all that well. Uh, I think he's still been good and he's still been fairly consistent outside of a couple of no-shows against like North Carolina and some other bigger schools.
3: That's a good point too, because if you don't have the right people around you, and I think at the beginning of the year too, he was trying to do too much just because he didn't have those pieces around him. Um, but no, that's a, that's a fair point to defend.
4: Yeah. He's he's not a very good pass out of double team. He's not a very good guy. That, so when they when they, when the ball does come to him, it's kind of tough. Or when he gets double teamed, it, it kind of it's tough. He, he doesn't necessarily find guys like he should. And I think that's kind of been his downfall, or not his downfall. Just that that's what they struggle with. Um, you know him getting the ball out in a timely, rhythmic manner out of the post. All
1: right, I'll give you guys one more, and then we'll get to toast. Also, I remind the chat hundred likes to your highlight tape coming up. Tomorrow. What are we Tomorrow. at? We're at sixty. Wow. You got until the end of the show. To the end of toast. you have one We got two hundred and eight people watching. We can't we, hit the like yeah, button. I know. Come on, sixty guys. likes. It's, it's a shame, but we, we we've been doing predictions all it's night. My mom, I know she's
4: watching. So <laughs> hit the like button.
1: <laughs> we've been talking Xavier Providence. Um, they want to know your predictions for Purdue, Indiana, this weekend. This will be the last one. We'll go right into toast after this. Since we know how how big of a Big Ten show we love this to be, especially when ToS on. Hey, Rob Finnessy hit a big one last year.
4: In Bloomington, just um, saying. I'll be giving our what, Purdue Indiana pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going. Per, I'm, I'm gonna go Purdue. They're they're rolling. Um, I don't see what Indiana is gonna do with Edie. Um, I'm sure they're gonna have probably Chase Jackson Davis try to go one on one early, and that doesn't ever really ever go well, especially when he gets in a rhythm down there. Um. Purdue was even tougher to beat. So I hope Indiana brings a double fast. If not, you could get Trace Jackson David in foul trouble, and then it's a wrap, Psh, cancel Christmas. So I'm going Purdue. Cancel Christmas. I like that. Um,
2: <laughs> the only thing is, is I, I rivalry games, man. Yeah. Like, like that can just throw a wrench into everything. Even in recent years where Carolina was bad, they still found a way to beat Duke. And like rivalry games, just kind of throw caution to the wind. Like anything could happen. You saw last year, Purdue, I think was number four and Rob fantasy hit a three as time expired to win by three. And they're going to be able to come a
3: long time. They beat Purdue by the way, last year. I
2: know I I, I've still, I'm just throwing that into consideration, but I think Purdue, I think Purdue wins.
3: I'm also going to go Purdue just based off of the fact that Indiana has shown some inconsistencies this time. As good as they've been as of late, they're still, to me, not the most consistent group out there. Uh, Purdue is in such a great rhythm right now, and you have 7-4 on your team, even though you have Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, point Zach Eady, t- to me. So that one's going to be very interesting. Uh, to Dagan, anything nope. else?
1: Nope, that is it. Toast of the night.
3: Toast of the night. John, you want okay.
4: to yeah, I gave my toast earlier. I'm going to say it again. Nigel Peck, he scored 17 points in five minutes, all 17 of his points. He put them up by eight points. He hit three threes in a row. My toast of the night because it looked like Virginia Tech was about to walk Miami down in the 305.
2: Um, toast of the night for me, I think I'm going to go to Norman, Oklahoma, the entire city, because all it took was the Alabama basketball team to make a visit, and then they beat Vanderbilt by 100. So, toasting to Norman, Oklahoma, and Alabama basketball. There you go. Uh,
3: I'm going to get my toast to uh, to Maryland. That was a big win tonight over Indiana at home. Um, I like to see the Terps doing well. It's a great atmosphere, by the way, if you get to the Xfinity Center ever. So, cheers to the Terps.
1: Wild cheers fans the
3: Terps. out there, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, that's. Yeah. Cheers
1: to the Centa uh, to Center tomorrow.
3: Oh, there
1: you go. We, we also oh, have an, an honorary toast in the chat to Boston College. Sorry, Tio, but the chat wanted it. So, <laughs> toast to Boston College.
3: If the chat wants it, the chat will get it.
1: I'm not participating.
3: All right. No, good,
2: for, good for Earl Grant. I thought they would be better this year, but they, and, but they've, uh, they, they perform well at times. So I thought they would, they would kind of move in the right direction. But I like Earl. I think he's a really good coach.
3: Well, hey, it's going to do it for us, Field of 68 After Dark. We will see you next time right here on YouTube, X.